Welcome everyone. We are about to begin feedback and insights share number 24. Email address is shalombayas777 at gmail.com. We are going to talk today about the importance of having an emotional connection and developing the emotional connection between husband and wife, which of course um, involves a warmth, an empathy, compassion, but it may be surprising, but a key ingredient to maintain and renew a couple's emotional connection is honesty. Honesty, opening up to each other about the important things in their lives, that develops the emotional connection. And it's very, very important. Especially, um, you know, when you mostly are interacting when, when you have financial worries or budgeting or a child that has an issue, you know, going to PTA for this and that. And um, what happens is, is that usually what happens is you close up and don't deal with the deeper things together. And that causes a couple to ultimately drift apart from one another. Because it's very important, very, very important to share their inner life together with each other. Um, And it's um, such a common dynamic that you have sometimes in a marriage where one of the two, usually it's the woman, it's the wife, but sometimes it's the other way around, it's the husband, who really yearns and searches and seeks. They want the warmth and companionship with their spouse and they want to share their life with their spouse. And the other one is emotionally not ready for it or not willing yet for it. And so the, the communication ends up either with fighting, irritation and fighting, or sometimes silence And in a certain way, the silence is even more hurtful than if they would be fighting. And this is a common issue in marriage. You know, the two are sometimes, neither both of them are so wrapped up in their own issues that uh, they don't, you know, they lose that, um, you know, feeling or need or not realizing the importance of reaching out to each other and communicating in a real honest, open way. And you have also where they're not aligned, where one wants it, the other one doesn't. And then there's other times where the other one wants it. And then at that point, the the one that originally wanted it now doesn't. Uh, So it could be difficult. Um, You know, they say sometimes, I don't know how to connect with her anymore. I don't know how to connect with him anymore. And um, instead, what unfortunately happens is that the husband... um, locks himself up and into his uh, sports or his games or his talk shows and yes even his learning and um, you could actually escape from connecting with your wife when you're supposed to um, you know and though it does say no question about it but you got to be careful not to use the as an escape hatch to run away from your wife. Sometimes if you're doing that, then it's really not healthy. 
you know a lot some people do this by the way uh with certain running to night seder in certain situations of course ask you shyla you know i'm not telling you what to do what not to do especially if your wife is maskim and she's maskim believe shalom you know the dynamics are different so again i can't advise in a particular case but there are situations where the for it, it's easier for the husband to run around to this tafi emishi and then the next one and the next one when they are needed at home or they it would be wiser to learn at home even if in a, in a private study at home where the wife knows he's nearby and they could interact and he runs away and it looks like it's a beautiful thing you're going to share you're going to you you know to learn taira but you have to ask because sometimes that is hurting your marriage hurting your home life and your taira will suffer as a result too and uh, sometimes it's the other way around. The wife is also uh, spends her nights on social media, on talking on the phone, on Instagram. Uh, so basically, each one, either one of them, and sometimes both of them, retreat into their own shells. Sometimes it's with technology. And you could be in your own shells with technology. And the truth is, this is one of the saddest things in marriages today. One of the most harmful things in marriage today, and it's so subtle that people don't realize it, but it's really, really a terrible tragedy. Because what happens a lot is a husband and wife are in the same room, but they're miles apart. In a certain way, the loneliness is more pronounced. Because you know why? Because there's an illusion of togetherness. You're sitting in the same room. You can even be on the same couch and he's playing around and looking at his phone. She's looking at her phone. And they're all hooked, you know, and they're on two different planets, even though they're not even six feet apart from one another. So that is a real issue in marriage. And that also impedes, holds back emotional connection, which sometimes you just need to both shut that phone off and talk and communicate. It is harder than watching something on the phone or distracting yourself on Instagram or even calling other friends. It's much easier sometimes than to actually sit and actually have a conversation. And when I talk about conversation, by the way, I just don't mean superficial conversation or conversations about, you know, okay, I have to take care of the laundry and you'll take care of this. And, uh, oh, we, we ran out of uh, uh, this today. Okay, I'll get it tomorrow in the grocery store. Not just those trivial, trivial things, although those trivial things are also important. But I'm talking here about hard conversations. What do I mean by hard conversations? It's what they call the elephant in the room. The non-discussed important things that's on your heart, that's on your mind, that needs to be expressed because they're important to you and they're important to your wife, they're important to your husband, and those need to be discussed even if initially what happens is when you want to really have a real conversation about things or what's really important to you, it's hard. It's hard because it's uncomfortable. It's awkward. It makes you feel vulnerable. Initially, you, you don't, you, you know, it's easier to just go back to your phone, frankly. But what, you, what happens is, though, if you force yourself, you push yourself, both of you, and decide you're going to have those harder conversations that you really need to talk about of what's important in life. 
it may be uncomfortable at first. And then maybe you may disagree in certain aspects of what you're talking about at first. But it will make you come closer to each other. That's how you grow in a relationship. When there's a communication, not just about superficial things, how's the weather, but about real important things. You know, I care about you, I miss you. Um, Sometimes I feel alone when you're, um, you know, distracted over here. We really should spend some time together. Or I really uh, have this uh, dream about doing this and this and so on and so forth. Those type of things. Because otherwise what happens is, is you actually become like roommates. Not husband and wife, but roommates. Like dorm roommates, college roommates. And not necessarily because the two of you are fighting. You're not fighting. It could be even you're sort of getting along. You do your thing. She does her own thing. He does his own thing. Everything seems out externally peaceful. There's nothing really, you know, no abuse or anything like that. It's even calm, but it's empty. It's like two ships passing through the night. And, um, you know, yes, you're sharing about uh, the kids and the bills and the responsibilities. But the truth is, if you think about it, for the most part, you're living like divorced people. You're living like divorced people underneath the same roof. Even if you're cordial to each other, they're a heretic to each other, and even if you're not fighting much, you're still living a disconnected life. There's an illusion that you're okay, but you're really simply roommates. You know, each one going to his own routine, and um, you need to break that cycle and get out of that routine so that you can develop that real deep, emotional connection that could create a lot of healing in your life. One of the best ways to start doing that is to work on being grateful. You tell him, your husband, you tell her, your wife, you tell them, thank you. For even the smallest things that they do, you know, sometimes you have to grasp at straws. Yes, there are times where marriages are going through a rough patch, and you have to think a lot and put an effort. What am I going to say thank you for? I mean, it's, it is, uh, there's a distance and there's a disconnect. And sometimes it could be arguments. But you have to put your head together. Push yourself to think. And you will find. And when you find it, you thank her. You thank him. And you be grateful. Even if it's something small. Thank you. Thank you very much for that small thing you did for me. I really appreciate it. Why is that so important? seems so trivial. Why is that so important? The answer is, is that the words of saying thank you for even minor things warms up the connection automatically, softens the person up. Thank you is one of the most disarming uh, words that you could say to diffuse a fight. It brings a ray of light into a relationship that seems dark, It softens the heart of the one saying the thank you. And it also softens the heart of the one who is being thanked. It changes your husband who you are thanking. It's changing you, the wife, who is doing the thank you. And the other way around as well. And and the truth is, if you think about it, that's the avoida every morning when we say, the purpose of it. Now, Maida, it's something I need to work on very much. That I'm so tired in the morning with Maida Ami, and I don't get to concentrate on the words, and 
I realize now that if I would and try, it could transform my day. And I want to try to work on it. One of the aces of that, I'm just going a little bit on the side point here, is your Kriyashmalamita of the night channels into what you're going to do in the, in the morning. So if you say Hamapal and Yishma, and the last thing you're thinking about is, thank you, Hashem, and I'm giving you, I appreciate the day, and now I'm tired, and I'm giving my soul back to you, and please give, me, give it back to next morning. It comes the next morning. Thank you, Hashem, for giving my soul back. It's like one link from when you fell asleep to when you wake up. And the Maida'ani opens up a, a, a whole world for you. That is the key of a yid. It's above, it's so holy that it's beyond Shemus. That's why it doesn't say the Shem Hashem. The Pasha Pshat is, is because of this Tumah on the hand, so you can't say Hashem's name because of the Tumah. And the Hasidish Pshat, the Kabbalah Pshat, is that it's such a high um, tefillah that it's above and beyond Shemus. The similar Torah you have, by the way, with the word Anoichi, of Anoichi Hashem Lekech, the word Anoichi is not the Shem Avaya, it's above the Shem Avaya. Just hold so highly recommended for those who are interested. The Lubavitcher Rebbe Schusayogan um, Aleinu said a certain mime. I think it was Achron Shal Pesach. I forgot. The Lubavitcher is out there. If you know, you could just let me know exactly when he said it. It was published in a Seder called Kuntris Alanyani Shalanyani Hasidus or something like that. I forgot the exact title. And in that Kuntris, he goes through the Tefillah of Maida'ani. Alpi Drush, Alpi Said, Alpi Remez, Alpi Pshat. He goes through all four levels of what Maidan is. It's a half a mimer. I really have to chazer it over. And uh, it does put a real deep perspective on your Maidani. So just like the Maidani to Hashem opens up your Hakaras Atayv and your awareness to Hashem and develops a close connection to Hashem, Kolshkein by a husband and a wife. When you say the Maida'ani, not the words Maida'ani, but thank you, a Maida, a Maida, and I'm thankful for you, that opens up. Again, it softens the one who is saying the thank you. It softens the one who is the recipient of hearing the words thank you, even if it's in small, trivial things. So if you have a relationship that right now is um, strenuous, this is the small, believe it or not, I'm telling you again and again and again, the challenges may be like, look like a huge mountain, but you could overcome that huge mountain by taking a small steps. Don't think it's trivial. You start out small. You may seem totally alienated, totally distant with a lot of problems. You start with those small thank yous. You don't, you have no idea how wonderful that can be and how it can lead you to all the healing and good places you need to be. So that's one eight to, to break that cycle of disconnect is to thank each other for even the smallest things that you do for each other. Another eight is to daven for each other. You daven for your wife and you daven for your husband. It's very, very hard to daven Hashem for your wife or your husband and still be angry at them for a long time, even if you're really upset at them. You're really upset at them that they did this and that and the other thing, 
and you may ask Hashem, you know, please help us work it out. Help them be less angry. Help us understand. Help me feel less angry. Help us understand. But if you pray for the welfare of your wife or your husband, even if they did make that mistake, even if they did hurt you, or even if they were insensitive, they shouldn't have done what they did, and they were wrong and you were right. Let's even say that. But even in that state, you pray pray that they recognize how they hurt you so that, you know, and then have a discussion about it, but whatever it is. But once you pray, it changes everything. It softens up the one, um, you know, who is praying. It changes your day, just like the thank you changes the day. The thank you changes you, and your davening to Hashem thanks, thanks, uh, it changes you. And uh, you pray for your wife, she should be healthy and well. You pray for her, she should be, you know, gesundin stark. Even if you're frustrated with her, and with the husband also, even if you're a little frustrated. It's interesting, I, I forgot, I think it was with the Rabario Levine's wife also, the kids were really acting up, and, um, you know, really being difficult one day, and she got frustrated, Kafi, her level, I thought she was really uh, almost a malach, but when she got upset and she wanted to say a word to the kids, like a harsh word, she used to scream, you should be gebenched, you should be gesundestach, you know, he gave her through brachas, you know, as she was angry, you should, you should be, you know, that's interesting, but again, the prayer softens it up, and, um, and um, save some money, and if you have small kids, no matter how busy it is, try your best, get babysitters, do babysitter research, I know some, in some neighborhoods it's easier some neighborhoods is harder, and you have to interview and make sure you have the right babysitters. Maybe find a few that you could you could um, get, and um, qualified ones or whatever it is, and get them. It's worth the investment. It's called shalom bias money, and then go out and find time alone together. And um, also another idea depends on the ages of your kids, of course. But if they're still young ages, you know, young kids, you know, in early ages where there's the normal bedtime is 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock or even 7.30 or latest 8 o'clock with the younger kids. Try to get them to bed on at a re- relatively early time. Things should quiet down, and then you should have that quality time together after they're sleeping. Quality time, again, in the Nida period, the quality time for that is very important. We didn't discuss that yet. You know, people think just quality time is when they are, could be together physically and to have intimacy and physically. And that's true. We talked about that a little bit. We didn't talk about the quality time in the Nida period, which is extremely crucial as well. But Bezaz Hashem, we will talk about it. And um, so that's very, very important. Um, another thing you need to know, and this is important, um that um, you have to really try to be attuned to one another. And um, a man can be emotionally distant and even angry at his wife, you know, and, and he'll want physical intimacy. That's the way men are wired. Nebuch, nebuch, you know. You know, most of us are like that. And the woman scratches her head or just says, like, you know, you know, we just got into a fight. What do you, you know, what do you uh, want to spend time like that? That's the way some men are. 
And, and the wife says, I'm not, you know, we just got into a fight. I have my emotional needs. We we are distant now. You know, uh, we're not, uh, you know, what, what are you asking for this now? So what happens? The wife pulls away and the husband sees this and gets more mad, treats her even worse. And then they start treating each other worse and worse and worse till they get angry. And then when they get angry after a while, it turns into apathy. And, you know, it gets into that vicious cycle. So in order to resolve that, to reverse that, you have to um, revitalize the marriage and intentionally try to build back your marriage, you know, which, which we talked about in other feedbacks. He wakes up like that and you fought that he wants to right away have physical intimacy. Um, and, and the wife has every right to say, you know, let's first have a conversation. Let's first talk. Let's first connect. And they should discuss that, you know. But don't, like, run in the opposite directions. You, you talk about these subjects head on, and that's very important. Um, and marriage deserves discussion. You know, your sink is broken, you get a plumber. Your driveway is broken, you get a contractor to fix the driveway. You're sick, you go to the doctor. Um, but when your marriage needs help, you do nothing. You know, most of us do nothing. That's more important than your broken sink or your broken bathroom or your uh, screwed up plumbing or your uh, car having uh, some trouble. If your marriage is having some trouble, it's more important than your car having some trouble. It, it requires effort. Don't act helpless. Help yourself and um, work together. And if you both decide we can't do it alone and we need help, then get the help. It's really, really a shame. Because so many marriages not only could be saved, could be enhanced, could be beautiful, could be beautiful in an emotional level, could be beautiful on a physical, intimate level for both the husband and the wife, both. And it's, it doesn't, it's, it's doable. It is very doable. It's not as hard, you know, when you, before you start, uh, and the marriage doesn't look so great right now, and you, you know, you have your, doubts about things and it looks like you have to climb up a whole mountain it looks it's sort of like the Yetzirah when you want to first embark upon a project like finishing a Masechta and you barely got up the Daf Beis and you barely started and the Yetzirah wants you just to throw it throw the towel in right now you know how am I going to finish this but no like the Chazal say you learn a couple of lines today a couple of lines tomorrow you see, unbelievable. Again, I, I wish I would have gone just to observe it or to be there, and I was not zeichet to do that, and I regret it now. Ravigda Miller used to give shiurim in Gemara to people who never learned Gemara before, and he started out with the Mishnah and touched it. They made him write it. He had a whole method. You can read about it in the biography. It's really fascinating. But they persevered, and over years, they became tremendous Talmidei Chachamim. And you can do the same thing with your marriages. You know, you think it's insurmountable. It looks like such a huge mountain. But it's, it's, it's not. You take those small steps, the ones I tell you about now, the small thank yous on small things, but just don't do it once. Do it every day. Little by little, piece by piece, you daven for your spouse. You may feel anger still, or you're upset, or distant. You daven for them anyway. These things soften the hearts, opens up the Pesach. And that creates that emotional connection. Have a wonderful day.